enemy over there. They're not your friends. You don't go over there and shake hands, smile, hug their neck. Let's knock them on their backs, butt them in the mouth, knock their ass in the dirt. That's what we got to do. We got to stop that buddy ball, smash everybody in the mouth. Hey, baby, we're going to be here all day, baby. I like this kind of party. I like this kind of party, baby. You're in the doghouse with Rick Watson and Big Dog Sports Talk on the WRAD Talk Network. Remember, with great power comes great responsibility. You know what that means? Do you? We're the underdog. We're mutts. My number one play is the power sweep. If you only knew the power of the dark side. Welcome in to Hour 3, the Power Hour, on Big Dog Sports Talk with Rick Watson. Join the conversation now on the Long & Foster Baker Team Hotline, 540-639-4900, or text Rick and the show at 744-2990. And we do welcome you back to the program here on this uh, Wednesday Appreciate you trying to uh, cheer me up there with the mood a little bit. All right, it's time to get cheered up for real, though. Joining us now on the program. Coming up, it's the voice of Virginia Tech football. It's time for the Roth Report. From the talk of the New River Valley WRAD, it's time for the Roth Report. Now, along with Virginia Sports Hall of Famer, current ESPN broadcaster, and voice of Virginia Tech football, Bill Roth, here's Rick Watson. And good morning, William. How are you, my friend? I'm well, Rick. Good morning to you, and it's nice to talk with you. I know this has been a really tough week for you, and it's nice to have you uh, back. And uh, deepest sympathies to you. I hope you're doing okay. Uh, being on the air and uh, talking with you is the best therapy. Well, I, I appreciate it. That's kind of the way I'm looking at it, too. And listen, I really appreciate uh, your well wishes. Uh, I've heard from you throughout. And then yesterday, uh, terrific uh, flower setting is just gorgeous with the Virginia Tech colors. Mom would have loved it. I mean, it was the first thought I had. This would have been her favorite one. It was well, I'm glad to hear that. Yeah, <laughs> that was a beautiful arrangement they'd put together. And uh, I'm just glad to be uh, back talking with you and, and getting going. Let's, uh, you know, I've been through it. I think, you know, yeah. we're at that same age, pal. And uh, I know a lot of my friends, that, you know, from high school and college, we all go through it. This right. Is, this is just part of it. And uh, But 50, your mom, for those that don't know, Rick's mom, 55 years as a nurse. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, how how amazingly selfless and caring and incredible you have to be, A, to be a nurse to begin with, but then to do it for 55 years. So she did a great job, and she raised a good son, too. Well, so, I appreciate uh, we know that, that a lot. Everyone knows that. Well, I appreciate well. that. My friend means a lot. Um, hey, I want to ask you, you're, you're getting close now. You're less than three months away from opening night at Lane against those Monarchs. Uh, what in the world are you ha- doing with yourself right now before kickoff starts? <laughs> well, you know, it's funny. We This is when a lot of the logistics for the whole season get put down, right? Football and basketball and baseball and what we're going to do. So we're in the process of, of planning the logistics of that. For example, we're ex- expanding our football radio pregame show to two full hours for this coming season. 
So we're going through, there's a lot of logistics in that from uh, contacting affiliates to formatting it, meaning what are we going to do during those two hours. Uh, we're doing a lot of production this past week, uh, last week actually. Uh, we, we finished our production on our Great Moments vignettes for the 23 season and uh, went back and we're, we're at one of the new ones we're adding this year is the uh, 2014 Virginia Tech Ohio State game. So oh, good. I, I went back and listened to that game and pulled some clips and some highlights. And you know, it's funny. It's been nine years since the Hokies won that game. Wow. And wow. And the 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 beauty of of, of, a, of nearly a decade now is to go back and look who played for Ohio State that night. <laughs> right. Who was who was coaching at Ohio State in that game? Who played for the Hokies that night? And 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 where everybody is now and. You know, there, there's some things you don't remember about that game. For example, Ohio State missed two field goals that night. Mm-hmm. I don't know that everyone remembers that. Uh, how, how the Bear defense that Bud, Bud Foster played that night, how impactful it was, how the Hokies dominated the line of scrimmage in that game. Uh, you know, Zeke Elliott was held to 32 yards. Yeah. <laughs> there weren't many NFL teams that did that. Yeah, the course. sure. And, you know, and that Ohio State team – you know, they averaged 46 points and 500 and something yards for the season. Um, I think, and I, I wrote the script for this, I, you can make the argument that that was the best team Virginia Tech ever beat. Now, yeah, was that the greatest sure. win in Virginia Tech history? No. Uh, was it Frank's most, you know, it wasn't a monumental win for a couple of reasons. Most notably, the Hokies didn't have a great season. Right. But you can clearly make the argument that that is the best team Virginia Tech ever beat based on the fact that Ohio State finished 14-1 and and won the national championship, that they roared through the Big Ten at 8-0 and uh, and, and, and really laid whippings on people, uh, that they beat a really good Alabama team in the college football playoff and a really, really good Oregon team to win the national title. Mm-hmm. And then, this is what the decade, almost nine years, gives us. 36 players from that Ohio State team made the NFL. <laughs> is that all? Yeah. <laughs> wow. Okay. And, and some really good players. Now, it, it, was a, uh, it, was a, it was a team in flux, and that's where the genius of Bud Foster comes in because they had some new offensive linemen that hadn't played. And, 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 and you know, J.T. Barrett started that season at QB for Ohio State, then they switched to Jones later. But the team that the Hokies beat that night, <laughs> on both sides of the ball, just loaded with NFL stars. Yeah, absolutely. And, and so I, you know, I'm, I'm going back over the years. I think the best team the Hokies ever played was, was that 0-1 Miami team. But that Ohio State team in 14 is pretty close. Yeah, yeah, it was a great moment. You just mentioned Bill, uh, Bud Foster. and When he was – I mean, that guy – we know how great he was, but when you hear about the things that he designed for certain teams and the success he had, maybe we even take it for granted a little bit, right, how good he and, was. And, and, and then the other thing that I – and I actually talked with Burnop about it. it on the, We didn't go wild and crazy after the win mm-hmm. it, because – and it goes to show you where Tech football was in 2014. That wasn't that big of an upset. Yeah. I mean, Tech was an 11-point underdog. Yeah. Okay. okay. Now, during the course of the season, Ohio State was favored by way more than 11 against mm. most people. <laughs> right, right. You know, it was a great road win. But at the time, you didn't walk out 
by the way, it was also the biggest crowd to ever see a football game at Ohio State, right? But, but, but talent-wise, watching the game, Tech appeared to be the faster team, and, and, and Brewer outplayed Barrett, and Bud outcoached uh, their people. Mm-hmm. It, it, you know, and, and, and it didn't appear that, like there was a big mismatch in talent at the, at, for that night. Sure. Now, looking back. That was a pretty big upset. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Woke them up. Yeah. But the Hokies had a lot of really, really good players, too. And Michael Brewer played just an incredible game. They were so aggressive offensively. Um, you know, you got the ball in your own two-yard line, and, and, and you're on the road, and they're, they're coming out four wide, throwing the ball out of the end zone. Right. Like Brewer. Right. <laughs> you know, I mean, that, that was a, there was aggressive offensive play calling. They did a lot of really good things uh, uh, that night. And um, But – it, it wasn't like Mike and I went crazy on the air. Yeah, because you would witness they were better. They were just better that and, night. And even yeah. going into the game, like, yeah, you know, we can win this thing. Yeah. We just got to you know, get a break. They missed a couple field goals. We were in good shape. And, and I don't know that other than uh, Michigan, I don't know if there's anybody in the Big Ten that can go into that building and feel pretty good about no, their chances. No doubt, especially a night game like that, environment like that. I know. Absolutely. So, anyway, that's what we're doing. And so we put that together. That's – you know, it wasn't a great season. 2014 wasn't an overall great season for the Hokies. But that team that night, oh, were they good. Oh, were they good. Well, we have the College World Bucky Series. Hodges, Bucky Michael Hodges. Bucky Hodges. Oh, number seven. Man. I love Bucky Hodges. All right, so there's a recap it real quick. Tech led 21-7 <laughs> at yeah, the half. right. Okay. All right. They came. This is, the, this is on the road at night. This is the primetime ESPN game, right? And they come roaring back to tie the game at 21 mm-hmm. into the fourth quarter, right? What do you think is going to happen in that game? Oh, yeah. You believe that that's it. They're just going to dominate the fourth quarter like they do no. at home. Right? Tech dominated the yes. fourth quarter. Yes. Right. All right. They came back and, and won 35-21. Flip the script, right? That's, Six sacks. Yeah. Amazing. Amazing. It is a great win. That will be great to hear the calls, too. That will be awesome. Because Tech fan, I know they still hold that one in high regard, as they should, as they should. Well, we should have – that team could have that team could have won more games. Yeah. Though. And I think if have. you go back and ask those guys, you know, they didn't build on it. And it's funny. So, again, one more thing. We could spend the whole half hour talking yeah, about Yeah, I know. This, this is kind of cool going back. But, but, but <laughs> and this is, the, this is the beauty and the transparency of Coach Beamer. In the, so, after the game, like, we hear the press conference, right? And someone asked Coach, does this mean the Hokies are back? Okay. And Coach Beamer goes, I don't know about that. Mm-hmm. You know, he didn't try to sell it as something more than it was. He just praised his kids, man, and his staff. It was all about the team winning that game. Yeah, he knew. And, uh, he knew. He knew. Yeah, that's great. That's great. Well, that's why he was Hall of Famer, no doubt about it. Hey, before the break, College World Series is over. No more college sports, at least for a couple months. But the ACC, you've been talking about it. You've been tracking this. Uh, more national titles, right? Than Nine. ACC won more national titles than any other league overall. Um, nine. That's good. That's a big number. That's a huge number. So I think, you know, overall it was a really good year for the ACC. If you use national championships as, a, uh, as your yardstick, it was the best year ever. However, <laughs> we don't, right? Um, you know, we, 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 we excuse football and men's hoops. And, you know, it would have been nice to see Wake do better in all yeah. of them. Boy, their bats went cold. They really did. Out there. And, uh, um, you know, LSU and Florida played. I mean, those are two really outstanding teams. They had some of the best players in that sport. And, uh, 
By the way, there was some ACC baseball news this week. You know, Gino DeMary, the coach at Miami, resigned. Mm-hmm. Uh, and which is curious. So now, Florida State and Miami both have new baseball coaches, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and they both made coaching changes after taking teams to the NCAA tournament in the previous coach's final season. So it, sh- it shows you the pressure to win in, at the highest level. Yeah, that's you know, right. It, you know, you go to the NCAA tournament and get run out. Um, uh, they, they promoted their longtime pitching coach, and I was a little bit surprised by that. I, I, I'm a little surprised by well, that. Well, it, it does make you wonder what goes on. We don't know what goes on behind the scenes, do we, a lot of these places? You know, Miami, you know, the, 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 the issue that they have down there is that it's a private school. They can't get kids in on their Florida scholarship program. So if you have good grades as a high school kid in Florida, you can go to FSU or Florida or UCF or any of the state schools for free. Uh, Miami is a private school. is not mm-hmm. part of that. Right. So if you're a baseball player at Miami uh, and the tuition's eighty grand, even if they give you a, a, a half scholarship, you're still forty grand out of yeah. pocket to play there. Right. So you know now there's other ways to, to circumvent that. As we know, whether it's Pell Grants or financial aids or scholarship or NIL money, there are ways around that. But the bottom line is, is it's still incumbent on the baseball coach in that program, whether it's you know Miami or Vanderbilt, any of these private schools where their tuitions are between eighty and a hundred thousand a year to make up that difference. It is the Roth Report here on BDST. We'll take a break. We'll come back. I want to get Bill's take. Uh, there was a, a memo sent out by the NCAA, and we were talking about Shohei Otani earlier. Bill's going to talk more about Shohei Otani, the amazing Shohei Otani. We'll have the first in main SMA update. And the New River Valley Heart Clinic top three as the Roth Report rolls along here on a Wednesday. Stay with us. This is Louise. And I'm Marshall. With the Louise Baker team of Long and Foster. There's still a lot of buyers out there. All of it is going to depend on location, condition, and price range. When they get ready to put up the yard sign, they're selling a product. So that product needs to be in the best showing shape that we can make it. Attractive enough for people to come through, and it needs to be priced right so it's attractive enough for people to come through. Strong realtors are smart financially. They understand and know the market. They also understand and know their customers and clients. The Louise Baker team of Long and Foster Realtors. Check us out at nrvhomes.com. First in Maine is a beautiful shopping center located right here in Blacksburg. It has the perfect mix of shops, restaurants, and entertainment. Grab some new shoes and accessories at Runabout Sports and Walkabout Outfitter to make your hikes around the NRV even better. Looking to grab a bite to eat? Well, First in Maine has great restaurants like Zoe's Kitchen, Bull and Bones, Avellino's, and El Rodeo. Looking for some family entertainment? Then check out B&B Theaters for movies, the arcade, and bowling. Visit First in Maine today. The official entertainment destination of Virginia Tech Athletics. From the classroom, to the studio, to the stadium, it's time to catch up on the latest from Virginia Tech's sports media and analytics program. Today's SMA update is brought to you by First in Maine, Blacksburg's premier destination to eat, drink, shop, and play. We do welcome you back to the Roth Report here on BDST. And uh, Bill, what is going on right now with the First in Maine SMA update? You know, it's interesting. There are kids visiting campus who are rising seniors in high school. You know, it's a big football recruiting weekend. As I think people know, well, every weekend is big for this time of year uh, for football recruiting and all recruiting for all sports. But, mm-hmm. you know, high school kids have been popping into camp on campus. Uh, they're, they're, they're rising seniors. And 
maybe their families are driving to Florida for a vacation, right? And they they come to Blacksburg, and it's a chance for them to to look at campus. Now it's much different. I I encourage them to come back in the fall when we have games and you can go to a dining hall and interact with most of our students. Uh, but we've got high school students uh, visiting now, high school class of twenty four, and. Uh, Rick, it makes me feel really old because <laughs> I'm now the same age as their parents. That's, <laughs> right. That's a bit startling, if you know what I mean. <laughs> I understand. I understand. Yeah, but you hang around those young people, though, right? You, that's the great part. You, you start to feel like them, right? Your mindset anyway. So never feel too old. At least that's my so, case. We're not yeah. necessarily recruiting. We're just showing off. Our, sure. Uh, as you should. As you should. Showing off campus. I love the growth, man. It's unbelievable. Um, all right, I want to talk to you about that memo. Explain uh, this whole NCAA thing yesterday. We're going to have NCAA laws versus state laws pretty soon, right, with the NIL? Yeah, so, again, it, it's always funny how, like, stuff gets sent out in the middle of the summer and not much is made of it. Right, right. right. Okay. I, 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 part of me thinks this is some choreographed dance. So, anyway, back at Stan Wilcox, who, who for folks don't know, Stan was with the Big East for, like, a long time. I'm guessing at least 10 years. And so we met Stan for the first time when he was when we were in the Big East and they were in the Big East. And he was an assistant AD at Duke. He was the AD at Florida State for a while. And then he left Florida State and he went to the NCAA. I think he played basketball at Notre Dame. So, I mean, there's some you – know, he understands that's – he either went to an ACC school or worked at two of them. And mm-hmm. he's been in the Big East, so he knows what's going on. Yesterday, the NCAA and Stan sent out an email uh, with a memo that said – you have to, when it comes to NIL, you have to follow the NCAA rules, not your state government law. And Ross Bjork, the AD at Texas A&M, said, no, we're following state law in Texas. Mm-hmm. And the state law there is your booster club can directly, basically the Hokie Club of Texas, uh, whatever, the Longhorn Club, whatever, or the, the, the TCU group or Baylor or SMU. They can do the NIL directly to the athletes. Right. Okay. And, and of course, they're going to follow the state law, Rick, because they wrote it. Yeah, that's right. Right? <laughs> that's true. Very and true. they are state schools. Right? So, Radford is a state school. Virginia Tech is a state school. Are, are you following the state yeah. laws? or The, the NCAA is not going to say, you know, other states have the, these laws, too. Like, Oklahoma has that. Arkansas. Other states have these laws. Right. That's that that basically gives the on paper it gives those states an advantage, and I think whether we get some federal legislation or schools in the NCAA to to agree, everyone has to follow the same rules, and that's why I think this might be some sort of choreographed thing that they want it out there. They want to they want to show oh there's conflict. Right. This gives this yeah. gives the University of Texas a big advantage over LSU. It makes sense. Yeah. Or, or, or you know, they're going to the, to the SEC now. This gives Texas a big advantage over Alabama. That kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, to try to force Congress to to implement something. But I thought it was very interesting how it was worded. And look, they're not going to prohibit schools from states that have those laws. They're not going to penalize them NCAA wise. Like, oh, Texas can't go to a bowl. Yeah, right, right. Yeah. <laughs> Oklahoma can't, you know, go to the College World Series or something like that. Oklahoma State can't, their softball team, they're not going to do that. 
So I think it's it's interesting that it, it got put out there. Yeah, yeah it no. feels choreographed. I'm with you 100%. All right, one of my favorite topics. Not that Congress doesn't have other things uh, yeah, to do. Yeah, exactly, yeah, that they continue not to do. But anyway, <laughs> one of my favorite topics in sports, Shohei Otani. Uh, my goodness gracious, what he did last night. Why isn't he a bigger superstar, at least in this country? I, I get He should be everywhere. He should be everywhere. He's that good. Well, number one, maybe because he plays his games on the West Coast. Mm, yeah. Right, and much of a co- the country lives in the East Coast time zone. So, you know, he he, he now leads the majors with twenty eight home runs, mm-hmm. and to 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 be a, a slugger and an ace pitcher <laughs> is something as we have talked about before. Seems to be right out of the Williamsport Little League World Series <laughs> playbook, right? Where you've got that one kid that kind of like, you know, he's eleven but he looks fifteen, right? And he's just okay. That's not the case with Otani. So is he a great pitcher who can hit, or is he just a great slugger who can pitch? I don't know. I don't either, yeah. I think he's a great player. Agreed. Uh, they are not including Otani as the all, among the all-time leading home run leaders among pitchers. I looked that up this morning. Really? Correct. Hmm. Because he said 28 home he, – he's already the all-time leader. <laughs> right, right. Okay, so was Babe Ruth a pitcher or a slugger? Well, at the second half of his career, he didn't pitch at all. But the crazy thing is, is, is he struck out 10 guys again last night in just over six innings. Mm-hmm. Okay, now he may not win the Cy Young Award, but he's in the top five in every category uh, in, among pitchers. ERA, uh, on-base percentage, opponent batting average, strikeouts per nine innings, wins, like like he could start the All Star game as a pitcher. <laughs> yeah, yeah, as he should. So it, this this is unprecedented since, well, other than Williamsport, it's up. It's unprecedented at the major league level, where you know, it, is he going to win twenty games as a pitcher and hit fifty home runs? I mean, you can't do the, like he could hit fifty home runs and strike out two hundred batters. In the same season, that that's you couldn't even do that on a video game. Like you can stack the, make the stats work in your favor. That that's that's ridiculous. And he's on pace to do that, Rick. He is. He is. He he's my favorite guy to watch. I tell you what, he, it's, and a, I, it's you know. Incredible. I think everyone who follows that team assumes that he's going to leave after this year. Yeah, it sounds like agent. it. Yeah, yeah. And, um, who who can afford them? I know. The Dodgers were quiet last year, man. They got some. They, they do some money to spend. They think they're just gearing up for this because it's going to be six hundred million more and more. They think, wow, it's it's crazy. Where is the for baseball's sake? I think it's it's best for him. It's best for the sport if he is in New York, L.A., or San Francisco. Yeah, that makes sense. It does uh, to grow the sport. To grow the, the sport. The, the, the yeah. wild card team. Also on the West Coast is the Padres, yeah. as you know, because yeah. they are spending a ton of money. Does yeah. San Diego now has the third highest payroll in baseball? Right, and they're losing games left and right. I know, <laughs> I know, they're losing, and their television deals messed yeah. up. Yeah, it's bad. But I, I, but there are a lot of reasons that I think it's probably if it's not New York, if, he, if he's not a New York player, Mets or Yankees, I, I think he's Dodgers or Giants. Yeah, I agree. It feels like LA going to gain some momentum there. All right, time now for Bill's NRB Heart Clinic. Top three. 
Are you ready for today's countdown? It's time for Bill's Top 3. Now back to Rick Watson. All right. I don't know where we're headed, so these are my favorites. So where are we? We're going to be, and this is going to be a serious one today. We're not talking about the top three churros and oh, the okay. top three cheeseburgers <laughs> in Blacksburg. Okay. So, you know, there was a tragedy again yesterday. Ryan Mallett, the yes, former Arkansas yeah. quarterback, became Terrible. the 11th person to die on a Florida beach in the last three weeks. Amazing. And it's all on this undertow. It's all the rip current. Mm-hmm. So, uh, everyone's going on vacation now. and every, A lot of people go to the beach. So, I like to consider myself one of my great talents. And Burnup will tell you this. And I don't like to brag, Rick. Okay? Yeah, yeah. I don't want to brag. Because <laughs> there's not a lot of things that I'm really good at. Uh-huh. But one thing that I am really good at is beach chair placement. <laughs> <laughs> I've always heard that about you. <laughs> Where does well, you know the angle? You, you don't just look at the water. If the if the sun is is off to your off your right <laughs> cheek, you don't want to lay in that for six hours, right? Correct. You got to angle the chair, and you want to be close enough to the water, but you don't want to get wet when the tide comes mm-hmm. in. Anyway, no, I'm, I'm, I'm joking, of course. But my my beach <laughs> tips for, the, for 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 Hokie fans, Radford fans, UVA fans, whoever's listening. Because it's a different environment. As soon as you step into the ocean, you're like on a different planet. Mm-hmm. Okay. Three, wear sunscreen. Two, drink lots of water. Yes. Obviously. But number one, you know, I have a place in Florida. Mike has a place in Destin, which is exactly where Mallet was. That's right. When this occurred. That's right. Okay. Yeah. Um, all these incidents are occurring on the Florida Gulf Coast. They're not even, this isn't even the ocean. This is the Gulf, right. which is, you know. Essentially the same thing. Number one, understand riptides. Yes, absolutely. Understand what it is. Tell your kids. You can't fight it. It's like a treadmill, okay? It's a treadmill that can't be turned off and goes underwater. Okay, you just got to step off of it. So if, if tell your kids and remember to yourself, remain calm and don't fight it. You, you swim parallel to the shoreline. Don't try to fight in. Don't try to swim in. Swim parallel to the shoreline, you'll get out of the rip current, and then you're okay. Yeah, right, right. No, it's good. People need then to you know. Swim at an angle right. away from the away from it. But just just imagine an undertow or a rip current as a big treadmill, and it's pulling you out. But it's not a hundred yards wide. Right. You can get out of it, but not swimming back towards the the shore. So, mm-hmm. please, and and you know the, all the beaches everywhere have have lifeguards and flags, you know, know what the flags mean. If, if there's a, a dangerous undertow, which there is in the Gulf of Mexico, clearly, it doesn't matter how great of an athlete or incredible swimmer you are. It's no. uh, so it's good to know. Yeah, it's learn good it, stuff. Learn it, understand how to get out of it, because everybody goes to the beaches. It's so hot right now, right? Absolutely. And, Absolutely. and everyone in Texas and the southeast is going to the beach, and it's the holiday week, so... I hope we don't hear, hear any more I know, tragic I know. stories, especially he was a high school coach. He was an NFL quarterback. He, you know, one of the great quarterbacks ever at Arkansas. We didn't play them, um, and I never met him, but I know a lot of people that, that, that talk about what an incredible guy he is. Yeah, and, yeah. You know, he doesn't need to be coaching high school football. He's got plenty of money. Absolutely. But he loves the sport. Yeah, and, and, yeah. You know, now think about how that team feels, his high school team feels. Right, right. They're so excited about having an NFL quarterback and a legend from – you know, the Hogs, Arkansas quarterback, being your head football coach, and now, boom. Yeah, so, and then this so, happens. Yeah, agree. Have a happy fourth. You too, man. You too. Let's, uh, take care of each other, and uh, good to visit with you again, pal. You too, Pardon. man. Thanks for everything, brother. I appreciate you, man. All right, that's Bill Roth and the Roth Report. We'll take a break. We'll come back. Final segment for a Wednesday when we return. 
Stay with us. Don't go away. And I'm Marshall with the Louise Baker team of Long and Foster. First time home buyers have a greater need to understand the financial aspects, down payments, interest rates, budgets. So the financial aspect is absolutely the first step. Marshall is a 24 year veteran of many real estate cycles. He can help first time home buyer, the move up buyer, the luxury buyer, understanding the market to get you into the house that excites you the most. I really love when everybody's happy at the closing table and passing the keys to the new buyer or the check to the seller because the transaction is done. The Louise Baker team of Long and Foster Realtors. Check us out at nrvhomes.com. First in Maine is a beautiful shopping center located right here in Blacksburg. It has the perfect mix of shops, restaurants, and entertainment. Grab some new shoes and accessories at Runabout Sports and Walkabout Outfitter to make your hikes around the NRV even better. Looking to grab a bite to eat? Well, First in Maine has great restaurants like Zoe's Kitchen, Bull and Bones, Avellino's, and El Rodeo. Looking for some family entertainment? Then check out B&B Theaters for movies, the arcade, and bowling. Visit First in Maine today the official entertainment destination of Virginia Tech Athletics.